Chapter Forty Six of the Headless Horseman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Headless Horseman: A Strange Tale of Texas by Maine Reed. Chapter Forty Six: A Secret Confided. The first dawn of day witnessed an unusual stir in and around the hacienda of Casa del Corvo. The courtyard was crowded with men, armed, though not in the regular fashion. They carried long hunting rifles, having a calibre of sixty to the pound, double-barreled shotguns, single-barreled pistols, revolvers, knives with long blades, and even tomahawks. In their varied attire of red flannel shirts, coats of colored blanket, and Kentucky jeans, trousers of brown homespun, and blue cottonod hats of felt and caps of skin, tall boots of tanned leather, and leggings of buck. These stalwart men furnished a faithful picture of an assemblage, such as may be often seen in the frontier settlements of Texas. Despite the bizarrerie of their appearance, and the fact of their carrying weapons, there was nothing in either to proclaim their object in thus coming together. Had it been for the most specific purpose, they would have been armed and apparelled just the same. But their object is known. A number of the men so met had been out of the day before, along with the dragoons. Others had now joined the assemblage, settlers who lived farther away, and hunters who had been from home. The muster on this morning was greater than on the preceding day, even exceeding the strength of the searching party when supplemented by the soldiers. Though all were civilians, there was one portion of the assembled crowd that could boast of an organization, irregular it may be deemed, notwithstanding the name by which its members were distinguished. These were the regulators. There was nothing distinctive about them, either in their dress, arms, or equipments. A stranger would not have known a regulator from any other individual. They knew one another. Their talk was of murder of the murder of henry poindexter coupled with the name of maurice the mustanger another subject was discussed of a somewhat cognate character those who had seen it were telling those who had not of the strange spectacle that had appeared to them the evening before on the prairie some were at first incredulous and treated the thing as a joke but the wholesale testimony and the serious manner in which it was given could not long be resisted and the existence of the headless horseman became a universal belief. Of course there was an attempt to account for the odd phenomenon, and many forms of explanation were suggested. The only one that seemed to give even the semblance of satisfaction was that already set forward by the frontiersman, that the horse was real enough, but the rider was counterfeit. For what purpose such a trick should be contrived, or who should be its contriver? No one pretended to explain for the business that had brought them together there was but little time wasted in preparation all were prepared already their horses were outside some of them held in hand by the servants of the establishment but most hitched to whatever could hold them they had come warned of their work and only waited for woodley poindexter on this occasion their chief to give the signal for setting forth he only waited in the hope of procuring a guide one who could conduct them to the alamo who could take them to the domicile of Maurice the Mustanger. There was no such person present. 
Planters, merchants, shopkeepers, lawyers, hunters, horse and slave dealers were all alike ignorant of the Alamo. There was but one man belonging to the settlement, supposed to be capable of performing the required service, old Zeb Stump, but Zeb could not be found. He was absent on one of his stocking expeditions, and the messengers sent to summon him were returning, one after another, to announce a bootless errand. There was a woman in the hacienda itself who could have guided the searchers upon their track to the very hearthstone of the supposed assassin. Woodley Poindexter knew it not, and perhaps well for him it was so, had the proud planter suspected that in the person of his own child there was a guide who could have conducted Kim to the lone hut on the Alamo. His sorrow for a lost son would have been stifled by anguish for an erring daughter. The last messenger sent in search of Stump came back to the hacienda without him. The thirst for vengeance could be no longer stayed, and the avengers went forth. They were scarce out of sight of Casa del Corvo, when the two individuals who could have done them such signal service became engaged in conversation within the walls of the hacienda itself. There was nothing clandestine in the meeting, nothing designed. It was a simple contingency, Zeb Stump, having just come in from his stocking excursion, bringing to the hacienda a portion of the plunder, as he wont to term it, procured by his unerring rifle. Of course to Zeb Stump, Louise Poindexter was at home. She was even eager for the interview, so eager as to have kept almost a continual watch along the river road all the day before from the rising to the setting of the sun her vigil resumed on the departure of the noisy crowd was soon after rewarded by the sight of the hunter mounted on his old mare the latter laden with the spoils of the chase slowly moving along the road on the opposite side of the river and manifestly making for the hacienda a glad sight to her that rude but grand shape of colossal manhood she recognized in it the form of a true friend to whose keeping she could safely entrust her most secret confidence and she had now such a secret to confide to him that for a night and a day had been painfully pent up with her bosom long before zeb had set foot upon the flag pavement of the patio she had gone out into the vendera to receive him the air of smiling nonchalance with which he approached proclaimed him still ignorant of the event which had cast its melancholy shadow over the house. There was just perceptible the slightest expression of surprise at finding the outer gate shut, chained and barred. It had not been the custom of the hacienda, at least during its present proprietary. The somber countenance of the black encountered within the shadow of the sagan strengthened zeb's surprise sufficiently to call forth an inquiry why pluto old feller what's some diver air the matter wi ye you're lookin like a coon wi his tail chopped off close to the stump at that and why air the big gate shut and barred in the middle o breakfast time i hope there ain't nothin gone astray ho ho Mas Trump, dat's jest. What dar hab goed stray? Dat's precise de thing. 
this chill sorry to say very much goes stray ho barry very much hey exclaimed the hunter startled at the lugubrious tone thur air soma amiss what is nigger tell me sharp quick it can't be no wuss than your face shows it nothing happened to your young mistress i hope miss loise ho ho nothing happened to de young miss eloi ho ho bad enough doubt that ho de young missa inside de house yar tep and mas tump she tell you de dreadful news herself ain't your master inside too he's at home ain't he golly no this time no massa ain't bout de house at all nowhere he hi almost acquire all an hour ago he no higher now he off to de horse prairies why de had de big hunt bout a month ago you know mass zib the horse purias what's took him there who's along with him ho ho dar's mass cahoon and gobs and other white glenum ho ho dar's a mighty big crowd on them dis nigger tell you and your young master henry ere he gone too oh mass tump that's what am be trouble that's de whole a bit mass en he gone too he never mo come back de hoss he ben brought home all kibbered over with blood ho ho de folks say massa henry he gone dead dead you're jokin aren't ye an earnest nigger oh i is mass tump sorry dis chilly am to hab say dat am too true dey all gone to sarched after de body however take these things to the kitchen there is a gobbler and some puria chickens what care i find miss louise here mr stump come this way replied a sweet voice well known to him but now speaking in accents so sad he would scarce have recognized it alas it is too true what pluto has been telling you my brother is missing he has not been seen since the night before last his horse came home with spots of blood upon the saddle oh zeb it's fearful to think of it sure enough that air ugly news he rode out somewhere and the hoss came back without him i don't wish to give ye unnecessary pain miss louise but as they air still sarchin i mout be some help at that ere business and maybe ye won't mind tellin me the particulars these were imparted as far as known to her the guard is seen and its antecedents were alone kept back oberdoffer was given as authority for the belief that henry had gone off after the mustanger the narrative was interrupted by bursts of grief changing to indignation when she came to tell zeb of the suspicion entertained by the people and maurice was the murderer it air a lie cried the hunter partaken of the same sentiment a false perjured lie and he air a stinkin skunk that invented it the thing's impossible the mousetanger ain't the man to a dud such a deed as that and why should he have dud it if there had been an ill fillin atween them but there won't i can answer for the mousetanger for more'n once i've hearn him talk o'er your brother 
in the tallest kind of arms in course he hated your cousin cash and who doesn't i should like to know excuse me for saying it as for the other it air different ef thar had been a quarrel and hot blood atween them no no cried the young creole forgetting herself in the agony of her grief it was all over henry was reconciled he said so and maurice the astounded look of the listener brought a period to her speech covering her face with her hands she buried her confusion in a flood of tears ho oh, oh muttered zeb there have been something d'ye say miss lewise there wa a quarrel atween your brother dear dear zeb cried she removing her hands and confronting the stalwart hunter with an air of earnest entreaty promise me you will keep my secret promise it as a friend as a brave true-hearted man you will you will the pledge was given by the hunter raising his broad palm and extending it with a sonorous slap over the region of his heart in five minutes more he was in possession of a secret which woman rarely confines to a man except to him who can profoundly appreciate the confidence the hunter showed less surprise than might have been expected merely muttering to himself i thought it wild come to something o the sort especially after that air chase across the purera while miss lewise he continued speaking in a tone of kindly approval zeb stunt don't see anything to be ashamed o in all that women will be women all the world over on the purera's or off o them and ef ye have lost your young heart to the mouse stanger it would be the tallest kind or mistake to suppose ye have displaced your affections as they calls it though he air irish he ain't none o'er the common sort that he ain't as for the rest ye've been tellin me it only sarves to substantify what i've been sayin that it air parfickly impossible for the mustanger to have dud the dark deed that is ef there's been one dud at all let's hope there's nothing o'er the kind what proof has been found only the hoss comin home we some rid sports on the settle alas there is more the people were all out yesterday they followed a trail and saw something they would not tell me what father did not appear as if he wished me to know what they had seen and i i feared for reasons to ask the others they've gone off again only a short while just as you came in sight on the other side but the mousetanger what do it say for hisself oh i thought you knew he has not been found either mon dieu mon dieu he too may have fallen by the same hand that has struck down my brother ye say they were on a trail isn i suppose if he be livin he oughter be found at, at his shanty on the creek why didn't they go thar ah now i think o it there's nobody knows the exact sis vision or that ere dumb kyle captain myself i reckon and if it war that greenhorn spangler as war got into them he'd never be able to lift a trail across the chalk praria have they gone that way again they have i heard some of them say so while if they're gone in search of the mouse stinger i reckon i might as well go too 
I'll guy tall odds. I find him afore they do. It is for that I've been so anxious to see you. There are many rough men along with Papa. As they went away, I heard them use wild words. They were some of those called regulators. They talked of lynching and the like. Some of them swore terrible oaths of vengeance. Oh, my God, if they should find him, and he cannot make clear his innocence, in the height of their angry passions, Cousin Cassius, among the number, you understand what I mean. Who knows what may be done to him? Dear Zeb, for my sake, for his whom you call friend, go, go, reach the Alamo before them, and warn him of the danger. Your horse is slow. Take mine. Any one you can find in the stable. There's some truth in what you say, interrupted the hunter, preparing to move off. There mount be a smell o' danger for the young feller, and I'll do what I can to avard it. Don't be uneasy, eh, Miss Lawrence. There's not sec a particular hurry. What ere shanty ain't a goin' ter be found, without a spell o' sarchin, as to ride in your spotty. I'll manage better on my old mar beside the critter, air ready now, if plute hain't tuck off the saddle. Don't be greetin' your eyes out. That's a good child. Maybe it'll all right yet. Bout your brother, and as to the mouse-danger, I hain't no more suspicion o'er his innocence than an unborn babby. The interview ended by Zeb making obeisance in backwoodsman style, and striding out of veranda, while the young creole glided off to her chamber to soothe her troubled spirit in supplications for his success. End of chapter 46